victory. And on a night like this, that's a special moment for Liam Miller. Oh, it's as good as it gets. Absolutely fantastic play. Well within his range, well within his capabilities. He just wanted the stage to show the world what he can do, and boy, did he. And, of course, what you heard there was Liam Miller's goal against Sweden, his one and only goal for Ireland, and we pay tribute to Liam Miller today. Um, his course has passed, passed away on Friday, and uh, condolences go to Liam's family and his friends and, of course, his ex-teammates who Cork City, Sunderland, Celtic, uh, QPR, amongst others. Um, and uh, we just want to pay tribute to Liam. I suppose, uh, first off, Simon, what are your main memories of, of Liam Miller? I mean, there's that goal, first of all, isn't there? There was that brilliant strike against Sweden, we just heard there. Um, but there's that and there's, you know, his appearances for Celtic and the Champions League and, you know, get you play for Man United and those, you know, fulfilling every young car person's dream, really, of playing for two of the most highest sport clubs in Ireland and then going to Leeds as well and known afterwards. And, you know, he had a, a very career. He went to, to Australia, to Sunderland. Went to, he finished his career then with, with Cork City, of course, or his upper-level career with Cork City. And I think, you know, you just look at the tributes that came in after his passing on Friday from the very far-flung clubs and the very far-flung players. Clubs and players that wouldn't necessarily have even played against him, maybe. But I think it just resonated with a lot of people. And I think it shows how highly regarded he was as a footballer and as a human being. Yeah, and I think as well, like we, when we look back on his career as well, there was, of course, that, that period where he went to Man United and people maybe say that it didn't go as well as it could have for him, but at the same time, you you hear him talking about it and he, and he always mentions that it was, no matter what happened, he had to go and he had to try and test himself, and I think that's a credit as well to the kind of character that he had. Oh yeah, and you could never ever hold that against any young player going to a club at Man United. If they come calling, you do answer because that opportunity may not come again. And like you say, I mean, I think now is the time for anyone kind of dwell on the fact that it, it might have gone so well for Matt or Man United or for his career from then on in because I think, and this, these are his own words, that he lived the dream in that regard. Mm. Even playing for those clubs and you could even hear, as you say, oh. you, know, you did mention that that it just even being at those clubs in general, just lighting out for those clubs, he achieved the dreams of so many people. And I think he will. He would have always looked to positives of it. I, some players would kind of dwell on the negatives of what happens to them, and even up to the point where clubs weren't exactly keeping him on and that kind of thing. He never did that. He always looked to positive of being able to play for his clubs in the first place. And I think that's you know further showing of his character. And I, I mean, we looked then later on in his career. He went back to Hibernian as well. Was successful there as well yeah. for at least one or two seasons and it it just kind of I suppose it shows his versatility in one way as well as it is in how well he did in Australia as well and Scotland and England it shows his, he, he's used to different styles of play as well I think it, it just points to a player overall that loved playing football I think the level yeah. didn't necessarily bother him I think he just really really enjoyed playing sport and he really enjoyed just being out on the pitch you know and to have that same sense of not necessarily innocence, but that love of the game to not have it, you know, blinded by any sort of commercial interest is always about the game for him, and I think that really stood to him. Mario, I, love you. I think that is kind of what the, the character of Liam Miller is what we remember as well. Is it's just for me, it's just how good a player he was. I think he was just technically one of the better players that we've ever had in Ireland, I think, yes. and especially for a player like that to come on to the League of Ireland as well was a huge moment for the league. Um, but we do send our condolences, as I said, to Liam's family and friends who, you know, that's a lot more important at this time as well. 
Um, but we're course, now yeah. moving on to the President's Cup and of course it was the curtain raiser for the league and, it, and it's the the one thing that we really know the football is back in Ireland and uh, you, you wouldn't know it with the snow maybe in February but uh, it did turn out to be a great game in the end 4-2 to Cork City. Yeah I wasn't actually at the game myself but I did see highlights of it this morning and it looked ridiculous in terms of the weather. Like how does that happen in this country? I mean, it was it was snowing for the first half and then by the second half it was just sunny out and it was it was like watching Game of Thrones in a way, you know the way it just goes to the north and it's all <laughs> snowy and everyone's miserable and it's just and then it cuts to the Cersei's kingdom where it's all sunny and stuff and I suppose that's a metaphor for the game too in a way. It's a dog where air the are the, the what do you call them, John Snow's people, the Ravens I, I, I can't remember the name. But <laughs> I, I know what you mean and I, I think as well it, it kinda of showed like it, it finished four two and Cork City won and they came back as well, but it I, it was just really, I think, a signal of, of what we said before the game that it was going to be extremely competitive and these two want to go out and show from the off really that they're the top dog in the country at the moment. Yeah, I, I do have to applaud Cork City in a way though for finding inventive ways to crush Dundalk in you know, so many different manners because, I mean, if not beat him an extra time in one cup final or bring it to penalties in another final or giving him a two-goal head start this, this time and still beating them. You know, fair place for that. But no, it was a very, very competitive match because you could call it a curtain raiser and I suppose in some regards it is a curtain raiser but these are two teams that want to beat each other too and that's, that, that rivalry doesn't really know friendliness it, it doesn't really know pre-season it just knows, okay, we're, we're Coxley we've got Dundalk in front of us and Dundalk think the same way we've got Coxley in front of us we want to beat them we want to send a message and you know, I think Cork City did that. I think Cork City went up to Oriel Park again, beat them again, beat them convincingly again. Well, I say convincingly, they did score four times in the second half. That's convincing. So I think it'll have given uh, Cork City a massive lift going into the season. I think Dundalk, it shows they still have work to do. I know they started well, they got two goals in the first half, whatever. But Stephen Kenny will not be happy at all with the way they could let in four goals in the second half. I mean, he can't be. He can't be happy with any kind of collapse in that matter, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think the. The way they won it as well says a lot before the start of the season because Cork, Cork City now I think I think it's seven games or something that Dundalk haven't beaten yeah. them in as well, which is like considering the battle that they've had over the over the last few years, it's a massive stat I suppose in favour of Cork City, especially after winning the league and the cup at the same time. Yeah, I mean, in many ways it is a rivalry between the top two of the of the league. But head to head, there's only been one winner in the last couple of years. I mean, to have a stat like that, for Dundalk to not have beaten Cork City in so long, and in that time, Cork City have won two President's Cup finals, they've won two FBI Cup finals. So Cork City are winning trophies directly from Dundalk now. Yeah. So I, I just don't, I, I, I can't see Stephen Kenny being happy with that. I know I just can't see him accepting that in any way, shape, or form. I think. And in terms of the, the year ahead, do you think it, it'll have a bearing on? I think it has to. I think Stephen Kenny will have to look at this and he'll have to point this out to his players as in, look what happened, look what they did to us in our own in our own back garden. We're supposed to be making ground on them this year, we're supposed to be usurping them this year, and look what they did to us. So I think he has to use that, he has to channel that to try and push them on further this season, yeah. Alright, well, that was our curtain raiser to the season, but it, the season proper does start this weekend, and uh, to that end, we are going to now look through. Each team, I suppose, the, the major signings they've made and, and how we think they'll do this season. We're going to start off, uh, we're going to go from the bottom up of last year's table. And of course, Waterford, the only team promoted, um, they're starting this year 
uh, first time in the Premier League in nine years, I think. And I suppose looking at them, the major signings they made, as we mentioned before, is Eri Akinade and Hulin as well. And they do look very strong, I must say, at Waterford. I mean, those are the headline ones. They say they made some smart signings too. Dave Webster from Rhodes is a very good signing, and John Cavanagh at Cork City, another very good signing. Like they've strengthened an awful lot of that team now. I, uh, Roy Fee's the one. I think they've made smart purchases as well as, as the, the headline ones. So I think they're definitely building with something more than a survival mission. We've said this a few times now over the last few months or whatever. They are definitely building towards, I think, mid-table is what they're going for at the very least. And to be fair, the players they have, I don't see why they can't achieve that or at least, or at least play the confidence of a team who wants to achieve that, you know? Yeah, I mean, another factor in it as well is that kind of structure they have there now in terms of the management they've had around as head coach, but behind him, they've Pat Fennan as well, who must be a huge... Um, I suppose influencing getting players into the club as well. Oh yeah, sure. he's a, he's a name, isn't he? He's a name in the league. So I mean, there's that. I think we a club puts a level of resources and not necessarily finances, definitely resources and people like and they make the caliber signings they have more will follow. So I think that they have it, it's been smart approval process. I think it's been an intelligent um, structure they have in that club, like you say now with director of football head coach approach is very very uh, continental approach I think it's not really seen over in Ireland an awful lot so I think to have a, a situation like that it, it's good I think that they are they are planning uh, outside the norm would say they are planning you know a different way of, of surviving in this league I, I think it would be a credit to them definitely yeah and uh, looking then to Sligo Rovers our next in our preview look they we know they had a, a tough year and they probably were low, uh, further down the table and they wanted to be in 2017, but Jared Little has really kind of steadied the ship for them. I think that had to be done. And we, we've said this before as well. I mean, steadying that ship and making them hard to beat was the very first thing he had to do with that team. And I think he did that. I think we, you know they drew an awful lot of games last year, but they didn't lose an awful lot either. You know, they were hard to beat. They did you know get out of games with a point where they might necessarily have gotten zero beforehand. So I think getting that... Was you know was paramount for his first season or his first half season at the club. He was able then to start building on the attack, and he's done that. He's brought in some smart attacking players out of Wickstead, Quill and McIlroy, um, Eduardo Pincelli, who I still know very little about, but you know I'm sure he's very good. Uh, Adam Morgan from 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 England, you know it, it's it's smart. It's not so smart recruit policy, and I think it adds to the defensive unit. I think it adds a bit more attacking prowess to that. It indicates maybe a change of style from playing open Jared Little. But I think he's comfortable enough to be able to impact that on his team. Yeah, and I think, like, for Sligo as well, when you look at what they did last year, in, in a way, the only way is up. And I think, like, because of what, of the systems Little has put in place as well, like, I don't, I don't think there's so much pressure on them, but they could still have a good season, or people are at least expecting them to have a good season. I, I think yeah but I think that middle is so squeezed and then you've got 5th to 8th who can finish either you know yeah. whenever up there so I think it's less pressure that way I don't, I don't think anyone's kind of calling Sligo to finish 5th and be unhappy if they don't so I, I, th- I don't think it's too bad in that regard I think a mid-table season would be good for them I think that's what they can achieve I expect them to achieve around that and they'll be happy up with that Alright and before we move on to discuss the impacts and uh, look ahead to their year we did catch up with Liam Buckley earlier today at the launch of the SSE Electricity League and uh, we first asked him how difficult it is going to be to do better this year from what was I suppose a, a poor season in Pat's, uh, Pat's terms last year. Well every season is important you make a good start. Uh, 
look, we've drawn the line on the last year. Uh, it wasn't our best year. Um, that said, uh, you know, like all clubs, players have come and players have moved on, etc., etc. We feel we've signed in quite well. Uh, we've kept what we wanted from last year in relation to development this year. Um, we've worked extremely hard in pre-season. We've done all right in the games that we've played. Um, I think we're fit. We're looking forward to Friday night against Cork. It may be a great occasion, is it, Cork? Actually, mentioned there... Cork City it, it's a tough game to start off um, would you prefer maybe kind of a, a lesser opponent to start off or are we going to test up against the best from the get go look at it it doesn't matter whether you're playing it'll be a tough game it's a first game so for everybody it'll be sort of that excitement of whatever it's the champions coming to Ingecore there'll be a big crowd there our crowd are great uh, I've no doubt they get behind the team we played them at the back end of last season actually our last league match was against Cork last year um, where we beat them 4-2 in a really cracking game some great goals scored that night I'd settle for the same scoreline just a different <laughs> way of doing it <laughs> now you mentioned earlier as well the signings that you've made this, e- uh, this pre-season um, you've strengthened the team you've brought in a couple of very good young players very good experienced players Simon Madden in particular is a very good signing at right back do you think you need the right mix of signings to make a decent Sabbath this year? Yeah, we have to look at the group as a whole. Obviously, you have to bring in some forward players that are going to score goals and be quick and whatever. Whatever we've brought in, Dean Clark, James Duna, um, again, from Rovers, looks really exciting in pre-season. Um, you've obviously got Christy Fagan, Levine Torn, or Conan Bourne. They'd be all offensive players and you know they're all coming in with reputations and uh, ability experience and uh, you know there's a lot going for them from our end of it we've juggled around the midfield but we've got a reasonably strong midfield as well and defensively we've strengthened up there we feel so look at um, it's just about getting a proper stamp on their game understanding how we complement each other and seeking to build on that throughout the season I mean given the relegation battle did ensue last year I mean, have you targets set this year I mean is there a, a platform you think you can go to it's the same target every year I've been pads me seven year with pads and every year I'd say listen let's try and get a top four one of the years we went for a top four and we finished first another year we finished third another year we finished seventh or sixth or whatever it was in last year I'm not sure if it was seventh or whatever it was we finished last year uh, so our ambition no different than any other year is the top four uh, it's European football for the following year that's where all the money is uh, it helps the following year from a budget point of view and all that sort of club if you can get to a few rounds in Europe especially the money that's involved now you need to look at Cork now this year uh, the resources they'll have just out of playing in Europe they'll play four games you know, that's a half a million to a million euros into the coffers there for them. That's a lot of money to help run your club, you know, kind of way. That's why at the minute the resources are with the teams that are playing in Europe because they can handpick players from around the league. So we've got to try and ourselves muscle our way into that. Um, and it will take a big effort, I've no doubt. But look, somebody's going to do it. And I've no doubt Bowes are saying, could we sneak in there? I've no doubt Sligo could say, that, bearing in mind the signings that they brought in, Cork will want to stay there, Dundalk will want to stay there, Rovers, Derry. Look at, you know, to be good. I, I, I imagine most of the teams would be saying is there a chance of getting Europe, and we're one of them. And what are your thoughts on the ten-team league then, the shortening of the league to from twelve to ten? Are you in, are you in favour of that, or is this, do you feel like you're playing teams too often now? Uh, look, I come from the old school, very much my age. Uh, <laughs> look at ideally, I'd have a, a sixteen or eighteen-team league here, but it, it, you know, it's not it, it's not equipped to do it at the minute because missing the likes of Athlone and you know if, if you if you start just way around the country with Waterford Cork Cove Limerick Galway Sligo uh, up to Derry Finharps Dundalk Drogheda yeah, we have Monaghan at one stage you've Longford uh, Athlone and then you've got a few Dublin clubs uh, you know I, I'd love to see it just play teams twice you know make the derbies really 
you know, say shit hot, but I will say shit hot, you know, kind of way in relation to, uh, you know, if you play, if you get some of the teams in the cup, the V Cup or the FA Cup, you could end up playing them a half dozen times, and that can be over a season. I'm not sure how the fans feel about it, but look, it is what it is from where we're at. Uh, it's a 10 team league, it will make you know, you've got everybody twice at home uh, from a derby point of view. All those games will be even bigger now again. So, look, it is what it is. Let's push on. And that was Liam Buckley, St. Pat's manager. But uh, Simon, look, we, we discussed obviously there the tough year that Pats did have last year. Like, how easy, no matter who you say, it's going to be to come out of that positively again. Yeah, no, and to be fair, Liam was um, pretty eager to draw a line under last season. Like, those are the exact words he used, I think, draw a line under what happened last year. But it's going to be hard because it just wasn't a good year for them. You know, we said it all along, it was a very, very tough year for the club. And I think to be able to move past that straight away will be difficult. They've, 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 they've signed very well, I think. You know, um, he mentioned the likes of James Doona there now, he mentioned a few more of them. But being the likes of Simon Madden, Madden now from Rovers is a very good attacking right back. But himself and Ian Brown, I think we've got two very, very good attacking fullbacks for his system. So like, he's bought off that players for his system, you know, in terms of the squad shape this year. Um, he brought in Dean Clark in for uh, an attacking sense. He's brought in Jake Heaton. He's brought back in back from, from the US. So, I mean, he's, he's bought well. So, I, I think they should be optimistic about this year purely because, okay, can't get much worse than last year because last year was terrible. You know, not to sugarcoat it, but it was bad. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that off camera or off the, off the audio to, that he mentioned top four in that because I think. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are going to go for a top four because you've got the three of City, Dundalk and Rovers, I think, are multiple top three this year. So to have a team gunning for that from a position of relegation last year, it's interesting. And I, I think it, it points to a good season there because they're ambitious. They're not saying, OK, look, we're going to stay up this year. We're saying we're going to go higher than that this year. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, look, I, if I was a pass fan, I'd be optimistic. I think they are going to have a good year. Yeah, I think another thing to pick up on what Liam said as well is the fact that they do need to start well. I think last year it was just uh, pressure upon pressure after their, their poor start. And I, I think that was just kind of, it just became added upon over the course of the season. And then there was a couple of signings in the mid-season break. We saw a little kind of a, a rise in their performance. But I think this year it's essential that they do start well. Um, and We'll have to see if they do or not. I think, yeah, I mean, they've got Cork in the first game of the season. That's not going to be easy. I mean, you can't just brush that off. Like, you've got the champions coming to your home patch. You do need to start well. Like, if they win, fantastic. But if they don't, you know, they're still a play catch up already, and it's just not an easy road to go down. You can't write it off as a gimme either because, you know, it's the start of the season. You can't just say, well, we're not expected to win these games. You know, you can't just write off Cork City like that. So it'll be tough, but again, I still think they have a good season overall. I think they've made some very, very good signings. And I think that, you know, it, it, it points to a much better campaign from this year. And moving on then to Limerick, they, I suppose, they didn't have a great season either in, in terms of similar enough to St. Pat's, but the, the likes of Ogbeni as well, even the club, Barry Potter, you know, and Eri, as we mentioned earlier, they're, they're all big names leaving Limerick as well now going into another season. Yeah, and look, they have a new manager, they have some new players in there, you know, Billy Denny, Darren Denny, they've got in Marco Sullivan, they've got Conor Ellis in, and you know, they've, they've signed a few players' experience to add to it, what was a very young squad, apart from that, 
but I don't. I still wonder: is it enough for them? You know, I still look at that squad and I still look at the whole setup, and I wonder because you know one team has to go down. Like we can't just say there are ten very good squads and leave it at that. You know, mm. one of them does have to finish bottom of the pile. And I'm not going to say it'll definitely be Limerick, but you know they're going. I think be down there. I think just 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 the level of experience isn't necessarily enough to combat the lack of. Well, I say lack of. The relative lack of ability would say, you know, mm. I think that there's so much of a shortfall there. And I, you know, if they want to prove me wrong, brilliant. But I just look at them and I see a team who's going to struggle. And speaking of another team, I think we both agree they're going to be struggling this year is Bray Wanderers. Yeah. Um, again, same, similar both. They've got a new manager in, a new manager who is okay, level of experience. We have a bit more experience than Tommy Barker, not by much. You know, they've got. They've got they've they've kept a few of the better players actually they've, they've kept uh, Gary McCabe who was an interesting one okay, they've lost Pierre Cherry they've lost a couple more of them you know they've lost Tim Clancy who's manager of Drada now so look they've they've lost a few not as many as I thought they would you know okay keep up he's got the balls but the one who's left um they've kept a few more players again who I thought they would leave in the winter so they've done well in that regard but I still look at that club but I still see a team who are unstable you know the. The trouble that surrounded that club in last summer, I don't think it's fully gone away. You know, I, I still, again, I hope that they're able to put a, put it behind them or you know not focus on that. But it's hard. It's hard when off the pitch is is as uh, unstable or as much upheaval going on as had happened in the last few months at Bray. You you do eventually find that collapsing on top of you. So I, you know, I think Harry Kenny was keeping an awful lot of that together at the end of last season. He's gone now, so I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to work out this year. Again, you know, it it could be a case of them banding together and you know working despite that. But I worry about them as well. Yeah, I do. I just to latch onto that point about Harry Kenny. Like I think he was that kind of that go between almost yeah. the board and and the players and everything else that was going on at the club. He did seem to be that kind of one factor or that one person that could drive the team on and keep them focused on yeah. what was going on on the pitch even though it was so difficult to do at the time obviously but at least I mean like they do with Dave Mackey who's knowledgeable about the club and knowledgeable about the area yeah. and has a huge passion for the club as well which look it's it's, it's not going to be necessarily what's going to keep you in the league but it at least is someone in there that has that knowledge of the team yeah, I look to be fair, knowledge of club and local knowledge is good. Now, it, it, I don't know how much a substitute it is for top level experience in, as, in terms of being a manager, but I think it's a good start. Speaking of good starts, there are two boys who has to hit the ground running, but like Pats, they've got a very, very tough game to start off with. Going to Oriel Park is not easy. I know they won there last season, but they're in a very different place now than, yeah, they're a different place now than they were in that stage last season. I think they'll lose that first and foremost that game and where they go from there I have no idea but like him I worry about Bray. And moving then on to Derry City our set, of course uh, finishing fourth last year um, the European football again for them as well uh, but they, I mean they do seem to be steadily getting better and better but as far as I'm concerned I think they're just still a little bit off that kind of title challenge top two. Yeah, and I, I think the general perception of Derry seems to be that they'll be in closer to being in with the rest of the clubs and they will be in the top three. I'm not necessarily sure how fair that is because when they finished fourth the last couple of years, they've been very stable that way. But I do see where people are coming from in that regard. I do see definitely City and Dundalk. I do see them you know, being so far ahead of the rest of them, Rovers being third and then kind of the rest. 
But I think that Darien brought in some, you know, they brought in top uh, very young players, you know, in terms of the likes of uh, Rory Hale or the likes of um, uh, John Coffey. They brought in interesting players. They brought in a couple of players that Kenny Shields is looking at in, in Scotland as well. So, I mean, he does a big game in now as well. So, they brought in a few players. They brought in half a dozen players. You know, that's not easy to settle them in at the, at the one time. That's what, that's what they'll have to do. So, I think... Plus, the upheaval of you know having a brand new well ready from yeah. the get go either, so they're playing first three matches away from home. I think that would be interesting as well to see how they cope with that. So I think that kind of combines overall. You get a sense of a team who are in transition again. So I don't know how they're going to fare straight away. I think they'll be up there. I think you know top four, top five definitely. But I think if a team like Pat starts well or a team like you know. See, Waterford starts well. Derry could be looking at you know mid table as opposed to Europe, but you're, you are talking, I think, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh to be very kind of or eighth, even very interesting to see how they all work out. Okay, and before we discuss Shamrock Rovers' season, we did catch up with Ronan Finn as well at the launch of the league today, and we started off asking about pre-season has gone so far. Brilliant, have to say. Um, I'm sure the manager was happy. Got a lot of tactical work done away in Portugal. Um, plays against some top class opposition so from a player's point of view couldn't really have asked for any more yeah, Do you think those trips kind of stand to you for the round of the season they're good for getting used to I suppose the warm weather in a way like? It's just yeah, I mean you go away and you really get the bond with the group as well 10 days away is a long time and you really get to know your teammates um, you know for new signings coming in it's great they can settle in they get to know the lads um, so no, listen, we've been back in the gym since December, so Greg, players like that, Eaton have been in with us since December, so like, they're literally, they're, they're so part of the group now, so young, other new lads like Daniel Carr and players like that, that came away with us, it was great for them now, they really know the lads better, and um, from, obviously then from a tactical point of view, we played against top teams, so similar to maybe what you're going to play in Europe, and you know, we, we really, we, I thought we excelled in saying the times of the game, and show different characteristics um, listen we didn't win any games but we didn't get beaten in any games there were three tough games and on performances wise I, was, I personally was happy with how we played I'm sure the manager was and in terms of the signings you mentioned there as well obviously Boyle and um, Joey O'Brien coming in as well they must I suppose give the rest of the group confidence you know and that you have a strong spot like that yeah we do we've, we've strength and depth this year um, at least we still have a, a lot of young players but they get more and more experience Um as, like last year, you know, we're bleeding in more players. I'm sure that'll be the same this year. But you know, the managers recruit brilliantly, and um, listen, I'm, you know, we're confident that we can, you know, make a title charge this year. We respect that, you know, Dundalk and Cork have over the last period of time have set the bar high, but and that's, you know, that's the level we need to get to. And in terms of that, then I suppose the ten-team league now it obviously is congested. There, uh, Stephen O'Donnell saying it's going to breed contempt. Is it going to is it like that for Shamrock Rovers, or is it what, what way do you see? It? Yeah, listen, I mean it's going to be, you know, there's going to be shock results maybe throughout the season. You know, you, you, with the amount of games in the first kind of ten weeks, you, I feel it's very important that we get a strong start. But I'm probably not. I'm probably every team is probably thinking that way. We found last year we hit form mid-season towards the end of the season, but our start was poor. So we've something got we got to rectify and make sure on Friday night that you know we get off to a winning start. And speaking of Friday night, biggest almost one of the biggest game of the season. Rovers do play is obviously going to be against Bowes and 
starting off the league like that, do you think it's a good way to start the league or would you rather have a different kind of game? Yeah, no, listen, it's perfect for me. Um, these are games you want to play in, absolutely. So, listen, I'm looking forward to playing in Delhi Mounts. You know, always a good game, great occasion and good atmosphere. And it's a great place to go and beat them. And as Roland Finn mentioned there as well, Simon, they do play Bo's first game of the season as well, which is a huge class straight away and kind of a signal of intent for both club. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, Rose are confident going into this and they're confident going into most things. That confidence is never an issue with that team. But it won't be easy. I mean, Dublin Derry is never easy for those two clubs. I mean, look, statement of intent is one thing, but you have to go get three points after that. So, um, how I see that going, I'm not really sure. I think depending on who starts the most intensity, who gets the most, you know, who gets, makes, makes the best decisions and keeps their shape and keep their discipline for longest. I know discipline was a big issue with, with Rovers last season, so I don't really know how that's going to work out for them. Um, I suppose the season as a whole, I look at their signings, I think they've made something different out of them. You know, you look at like Adi Gilchrist or, or Joel Pestrain or, or Daniel Carr, these aren't the kind of players that have been around the league before. You know? These are kind of, by and large, outside players. I know Street has been around the Irish football affair, but not necessarily top-level League of Ireland football. Yeah. You know, so these are interesting players. And okay, Ethan Boyle is a, is a new right-back, but I don't always see Simon Madden's ability, you know. Uh, Joey O'Brien hasn't actually played any kind of competitive football in nearly two years. You know? so he'll, yeah. He might have a bit of rust going into the start of the season too. So they're interesting sightings. I don't know if it's enough to get them to bridge the gap on second or first, you know, not yet anyway. So I'd see a big all mine as to how they're going to fare when I see them in action a few times, but I worry about them. I think third is about their level right now still. Okay, and that just reminded me as well there, you can tell I'm in the running order, we've actually skipped Bohemians. How do you see Bohemians? Jesus Christ, so poor Bohemians. Sorry, Bohemians. <laughs> no, um, they're another one who I think will be in that middle group of 5th, 8th, 4th, 8th now I suppose including Derry purely because it is hard you know they've, they've lost Akinale they've lost Fort Sule okay they've kept Shane Supple they've kept Diddy Cocker they've kept Keith Ward they've kept Ron Cornwall they've kept an awful lot of that court together they've lost a, a bit of that attacking edge now or that defensive edge as well with those two players so okay they've got Keith Buckley back as well so I mean I, I look at them and I see a team who are going to stay level they already are I think and that, 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 that's not necessarily a bad thing either I mean they were tipped by a few people to go down last year so I think to get that consistency to get that level I wouldn't call it stagnation I call it reaching kind of a balance you know so if they can get mid-table I think they are an attractive club players to go to so if they can get okay they finished fifth last season I think that, that kind of overshot a bit so I think if they can get sixth you know fifth again because of the 10 team league but seventh that area they're doing okay it's around the same level and push on next year because I, I, I still think that they're caught in that mid-table squeeze right now. Okay, and now we move on to Dundalk and of course they did come second to Cork City last year after winning the league three years in a row but how, how or what would you rate their chances of, of kind of getting that title back? I mean, we, we, we touched on this earlier. I mean, you look at the, the way they started yesterday is good. I think you know, they, they took the Cork City a fair bit. You know, they, they take the lead. We went, they went tunnel up. You know, we didn't have time tunnel up. But then they wilted, you know. They have to get this thing of Cork City out of their heads. They have to really accept that, or not really accept, but you know, just try and move past the fact that Cork City keep beating them because it's, it's not healthy for them. You know, even when they went to Ernest Cross last season when City were, you know, in poor form, or they went there and they they, just, they froze kind of, you know, they didn't really go there. Had they won that title races back on in terms of a lot of people's feelings, 
and they didn't. They 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 were stilted. They just kind of went for the draw in the end, and they're happy enough with that. So I think they need to get that Indian sign off their backs quickly because there's only so long they can start beat or beat these below them, but kind of just not beat Cork City. I Cork City too. So looking at them, I think they've made some good signings as well. I think they've brought in. The midfield is looking pretty strong, but I still think, you know, defensively in terms of the midfield, you know, it, it's it, they're not overly comfortable. They've a lot of very good uh, creative players, you know, and Dorian looks very good in pre-season. You know, you've got Robbie Benson, you've got Jamie McGrath, you've got a few more, you've got Michael Duffy and Dylan Connolly for the forward. You know, you've got some very, very good players in terms of getting forward and getting the getting impetus trying to attack. But defensively, I think you did notice a lot yesterday. It wasn't quite the same, especially when, you know, Chris Shields wasn't involved. So I think... Chris Shields and Steve Nadal, I think they need a third person back there because I, th I do need, I do think that having those two is fine, is all well and good, but they need more. I think yesterday or Sunday was, you know, very indicative of that. Um, up front, then you've got Ronan Murray and you've got Pat Hoban, I think, who are two fine strikers. I think they're fine they're to settle into them in terms of the attack. Defensively, then they've been together for a while now. You've got Dave Massey, Brian Garton, Sean Gannon, and Gary Rogers. They've been together as a unit for a while now. You know, they've, they've added Stephen Bowen to that this year. They've kept Sean Hoare from last year. So I think they're, they're settled back there. They have Dean Jarvis as well in terms of, you know, competition. They're settled in a lot of places, but I still think they need at least one more midfielder. Yeah, and I, I do think the President's Cup as well was kind of a symbol of, of those players. Do They are trying to get to play together. Yeah. They're trying to get used to the way each other play. I think Ronan Murray scored two goals as well. It's probably a sign of what is going to come this season. But having a striker of that kind of quality as well, behind the likes of uh, Adjaran and Jeff Dukas and all the new players that they have signed Michael or Michael Duffy as well. Yeah. They're they're all great attacking players to have behind them playing that way. So I mean I I, I don't think scoring goals has ever been their problem no. really and I don't think it will be this year. It is as you said, uh, trying to improve that defence. But moving on to their biggest challengers then again of course it is going to be Cork City. Um, they've been first and second now since twenty fourteen. Like do you see it being the same way and, and do you see Cork City retain their league? I do I mean I think any kind of doubts that I might have had were put to rest on Sunday afternoon not necessarily the start because at the start was you know it wasn't great defensively you know Dundalk scored twice okay you put an off of that down to the weather conditions you know it was very slippy down there and you know not very conducive to good eyesight with the snow and whatnot. but I mean the way they finished Dundalk off at the end, you know, it was it was ruthless. It was just four attacking players each scoring. Barry McAvee looked very good. Karen Sadler put in a very good goal. You know, Graham Cummins scored his first goal. Carl Shepard scored as well. So I think I think it does belie completely the notion of a one man team from last year, purely because they have so much of a threat now. You know, defensively in terms of a, a team Dundalk or a player Dundalk might lack is Conor McCormick. You know, the the terrier of that city midfield. I think he's very very good in terms of shielding the defence. You know, as well as that, you've got Gary Morrissey, Gary Buckley. You know, so they've brought in a lot of new defenders. It'd be that'll be actually a, not necessarily the weak spot, but I think one player or one area that's developed quickly purely because it's, it's so important. I mean, you've got McNulty, who's very experienced, Alan Bennett's very experienced. Shane Griffin was there last year, but you mean you've got Colin Harvey, you've got Aaron Barry, you've got Toby out of Bio Rolling, you've got you know they've got a lot of new players back there. So how they gel from the get go, I think, would be you know very. Uh, I think it'd be a very indicator how well they form this season. Yeah, like again, as you said there, you mentioned the four attacking players scoring as well. I think that's the one point that I probably latched on to after the game speaking to you is that 
if they can share the goals amongst themselves I think that yeah. was going to be a huge part of Cork City season because as you said they're missing Sean McGuire who's obviously gone to Preston now they, they probably will still use Graham Cummins as that kind of focal point of the attack but having Barry McNamee in that midfield as well I think is going to be enormous in terms of in terms of just creation I think look it's happened over the last few years where they've they've had great players out on the wing who are extremely skillful but McNamee gives you that kind of skill but through the middle instead as well yeah and if they want to use Graham Cummins as like a focal point that's good too I mean they, you know, they did need it last season they didn't really have that last year as soon as Shawnee left so I think if they use Graham Cummins in that role perfect you know um, when Shawnee was there you had Cal Shepard scoring you had Stephen Dooley scoring you know you had players that were able to assist for each other and, and finish their, you know bit of chances off and I think if they can do that for each other not just you know for a focal point that works too I think there's a bit of that yet on on Sunday and I think that's probably something that John Caulfield would, would work towards because mm. you can't um, it, it's much better for the team if you know Shepard's uh, assisting for McNamee or McNamee's assisting for Kieran Sadler you know just to have that level of rotation that level of creativity across the, the entire front four as opposed to one focal point I think that is something that you know because you can plan for that then if it comes out injured you just say fine there's no problem you know mm-hmm. we've loaded three, we've three more attacking players we can throw in there who can finish off teams no, who can still not, who can still play that same high standard we'll say yeah. you know they can still you wouldn't worry about the scoring same way you were when Maguire was injured or you know when he left basically ok well that is our Premier Division uh, season preview club by club preview and just before we discuss the first division in a, in a kind of more of a general sense, we did catch up with Ollie Horgan and Shane Keegan as well at the launch of the Cersei Electricity League, and we discussed uh, them looking forward to the season. Pre season, okay, probably the off season, very, very difficult, you know, when you get relegated. Uh, mainly, mainly, the, I won't, won't say almost, almost all our side are gone. Uh, some, of them, some of them got great contracts and moved on and were delighted for them. Others probably, you know, just didn't want to go through what you know the, the, the first division again. They've been there, so we're starting anew. We've three or four of the squad from last year, and we're trying to build again. But 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 it'll probably it'll probably take time. In saying that, though, I mean, you do have players like John O'Flynn as well now. Is that enough? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, we have we have bits of quality sprinkled around it, like. But you know, you've probably lost eight starters from the Premier Division. You know, if you look at the, the eight lads that have gone. All, all of them started when they were fit and available. So you're going in with a new team, and I, I, I'm not trying to buy time for anybody here in any manner, you know. But I, I just think for the young lads, I mean, there's a lot of young lads, they, they'll probably need time. And uh, in terms of the, I suppose, the format of league was talked about there a lot as well. What are your thoughts on it being two 10 team leagues? I don't want to go there again. I spoke about that exactly here last year before we ever kicked the ball, you know. And it wasn't that, that we were, you know. You know, tipped to go down or being relegated. I, I just don't see the, the positives. I see a lot of negatives from our point of view. I still haven't been told them, but look, that isn't sour grapes whatsoever, lads. I think what is a huge improvement in the first division is, is the fact that there's four places to try and fight for. Whereas last year, for the teams that were in it, there was, you know, what was there? One place to fight for, and that was it. So that is a huge, you know, improvement. But, but like, my, my thoughts are quite clear this time last year. I, I, I don't see the benefits of it. I hear Stephen O'Donnell talking about familiarity breeds contempt. You know, we'll see how that goes, but that's not of our, you know, it's not our business anymore. The Premier Division, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll look alone and see how we can get on the First Division. It's so Shane, on the eve of the First Division season, how are you feeling about your chance of promotion this year? 
Yeah, looking forward to it. I think it'll be absolutely incredibly competitive division. Um, I'd say you'd do well to find a division in Europe where eight of the ten teams are chalked up at ten to one or less before a ball is kicked. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it, it is going to be incredibly, incredibly competitive. That's for sure. I'd say you're, you're probably, as I say, you've probably got at least seven, eight of the teams thinking that winning the league is not beyond them, and you're going to have probably all ten teams feeling that nicking a fourth spot might be might be achievable. So it's going to lead to real excitement, you know. I mean that is the aim. So first place. I mean, you know, I mean, first or the fourth place in the playoffs obviously is a help in terms of the end of the season. But is there a danger that might be a bit of a crutch too in terms of going for automatic promotion? I suppose it depends on the mentality of a squad. I mean, you know, I think there's no point in saying otherwise. Our aim is to go and try and win the thing. Um, you know, there's probably a few more. There's probably at least, as I say, five or six teams who'd say that, but they, they might not say it out loud or might not say it publicly. But realistically, they are. They do believe they can go and win the league. Um, yeah, look, that playoff structure is going to be tough, to put it mildly. Um, and I think any team to, to even get the chance to play the Premier Division side before you even go and have to try and beat the Premier Division side is going to be really, really tough the way it's structured this year. So there's no doubt if, if, if you could grab first, it saves a lot of heartache, that's for sure. There's a lot of uh, upheaval, to say, at the club in terms of playing staff, you know, a lot of outgoings, a lot of incomings. You've lost an awful lot of players you consider, we'll say, first-team players and starting 11 players in, in pre-season. How... I mean, obviously, it's not it's not easy, but I mean, how would you feel you've replaced those players in terms of getting a squad ready for a new season? Yeah, I think we've done very well on that front, thankfully. I mean, realistically, to be quite honest about it, Mark Ludden is probably the only player who started week in, week out for us last year that we've managed to retain. Um, so it's a massive, massive turnover, really, so it is, you know. Um, but look, we brought in a leader at the back in, in, in Robbie Williams, who settled in really, really well. Brought in Ryan Connolly, who, you know, let's be honest, is probably on a par with almost anything that we had last year. Um, we're very nearly over the line in terms of, of, of another centre forward um, Owen McCormick was a revelation for us in the second half of last year when we brought him in we've managed to retain him that was a, a big one for us as well we've signed a, a young goalkeeper who we think has got, got tremendous potential in, in Ty Ryan bringing him back from Huddersfield so I think we're fairly well equipped but again I think you've got about four or five managers in the room who if they said they didn't have the players to go and win a title are telling you a lie you know yeah, you mentioned Ryan Connolly there. Now, um, how important is it to bring a player of that standard, especially the players you lost, a player of that standard back into the club and shows that you know it's not necessarily all one-way street in terms of players leaving? Yeah, massive. I mean, there's probably three or four pluses to, to bringing Ryan in. Obviously, there's Ryan, the player. Um, you know, let's be honest, he's probably going to be in the top three, four players in the division based on the quality that he's got. Then there's Ryan, the person. He's, he's, a, he's a leader. He's seriously demanding person so he is um, he's a guy that I think can help get the most out of out of other players as well so he's, he's a big plus to you in that regard as well and then throw on top of that we probably signed three or four players who signed on the back of seeing Ryan Connolly had signed so they know you mean business and they know you're going to be there thereabouts with a player of that quality in so as a, as a selling technique in terms of pushing the club um, having him as one of our earliest signings made things a little bit easier then in terms of going after some of the other personalities that we went after you know and finally, you did mention seven or eight teams that you could see are chasing promotion. Have you two or three teams that you're looking over your shoulder the most? Yeah, I'd say off the top of my head, I would have thought Harps and, and Longford are, are the two probably best equipped. Um, Longford or, or, or Harps first, I suppose, have, you know, they have what they have for the last few years, which is, you know, real, real core, real, real physical strength, all that kind of thing. But they, they, they were short goals, you know, there's no doubt they were short goals. Now they've got 
Kieran O'Connor, Michael O'Connor, John O'Flynn, Mother of God, and they have enough goal scorers for the division now, so they have. Um, so look, I would imagine they're going to be very, very strong. Mark Timlin and Paddy McCourt then creating the chances for them. They look like they're going to be really, really, really strong. Um, Longford uh, seem to have put together a really, really strong squad. I mean, you know, despite some of the talk as to where people might think we are financially, I think I think Longford are, are probably the ones, you know, you look at the Darren Meenan signing, I don't think any other first division club could have had the, the financial strength to pull off what, what they pulled off there. I mean, he was effectively on a plane and out of the country and they managed to to, to throw some kind of offer off him to, to, to persuade him otherwise so they look very very good I mean they would be the two that jump out at me but then I mean it's probably the first year in a long long time where UCD haven't lost their best players I mean they're going to have Maxi at centre back Greg Slogger and Gary O'Neill as a centre midfield partnership is going to be as good as Anton in the division and Georgie Kelly up top banging in goals that sets them up really well Shells have, have, have managed to get Davy O'Sullivan in Cabo have managed to hold on to, to, to Marty it's just you know it looks just could you really really if you're a supporter of pretty much any team you can make a strong case as to why your team is going to do fantastically well this year you know okay and thank you to Ollie and Shane there for speaking with us this afternoon I suppose Simon the major thing in the in the first division this year is that we do have a return of uh, playoffs as well which is going to make it extremely competitive but in terms of who we've seen going up who, who would you have up there I mean the way Shane put it there's seven or eight teams that should be looking to go up and I think picking a favourite it's going to be very very competitive I think it's, it's tough to pick a favourite because you know the immediate standout should be the three teams that have gone down but you look at those three teams and Drada looked so uninspired by the end of that season I, I yeah. don't know how they can lift themselves to go straight back up you know they have a new manager as well a very experienced manager in Tim Clancy again I like seeing younger managers being given a chance but at the same time I'm not sure if I'm not sure how well he'll start down there because it'll be, it'll be such a dogfight so I'm not sure if he'll have the tactical nous to to get ahead of those other teams so, so quickly you know they've lost yeah. Wicks as well who was a very very good player for them last year you know it was named their player of the year I think in, in the season so it'll be interesting how how they work out how it works out for them um, now in terms of uh, the other two teams then Galway have lost a lot of first team players yeah. you know James pointed out that out of the, lot, out of the ones that would have started regularly last season when Mark Lowden signed on for next year. You know, they've lost Ron Murray, they've lost Gavin Holden and Rory Hale, you know, Stephen Foley, they've lost so Colin Hogan, they've lost so many capital, so many good players have just left the club. You know, that's mm. that's hard to replicate, it's hard to get players in to fill those voids so quickly. So they'll definitely be competitive, they'll definitely be up there, um, they'll definitely be going for a top spot. I think a playoff spot more likely for them personally. Finn Harps, you know, they've they've signed very well, you know. John O'Flynn, they've brought in Michael O'Connor, they've got in, you know, Kieran O'Connor, they've brought in uh, to all to go with Paddy McCourt, you know, who's one of the best players in that division, hands down, despite his age, you know, he just mm. belies that completely. He can still yeah. just drift into matches, do something magical, and then drift that back out again. You know, he's just that type of player. He's very, very effective at what he does. So I think he'll be a massive focal point to that team and, you know, supplying goals to the front men. I think goals, as Shane pointed out there, were a bit of an issue for Finn Harps last season. Not so this season. I think they'll be up there. I wasn't sure about them until they made this, this new raft of signings, but since they've done that, and the way the way they can punch both their weight so handily, I think they're definitely up there. Cove, obviously, are going to be strong because Stephen Henderson has a very, a very good squad there. That mm-hmm. hasn't changed. They've, they've brought in a few, um, and they've kept players from last season. Longford Town are building. They've, they've consistently built last season you know Neil Fane who I think is a bright young manager um, I would think those four I think if you're looking at a, a top four I think you are looking at Cove 
Finn Harps, Galway and Longford yourself? I, I'd probably have it close enough to that but I do I think as you said Finn Harps are going to be that kind of mm. I think they do have that in terms of attacking intent I think as well when you're going into the, the playoffs as well there's so much up for grabs that we like it's so it's just so hard to tell yeah. I really can't put a put a name on it yet um, but yeah look we, we are looking forward to the new season it's only around the corner now of course and uh, we will of course be back next week with a uh, Reviewing the first weekend of games yep. and uh, looking ahead to the the next few months. But I uh, yeah, just want to thank all our guests as well this week, and uh, we'll be back again next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.